0: Hey there. Ever wonder what happens to all those amazing screenplays that never make it to the big screen? Or wonder no more? Welcome to Table Read Podcast, where we bring those undiscovered gems to life. Picture this. Talented actors giving incredible performances with the occasional laugh or blooper thrown in, produced by award-winning pros. From drama to comedy, TV pilots to feature films, there's something for everyone. And guess what? We release new episodes every week, so don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Table Read Podcast, where great stories finally get their chance to shine.
1: Spanning the nerd world and feeding your fandom. It's time for the Down and Nerdy Podcast. Here's your host, James Witham. Live from Comic-Con 2022, it's episode 428 of the Down and Nerdy Podcast. I'm James Witham. I'm literally sitting in my hotel room here in San Diego and just got done with really day two of Comic-Con. Of course, this podcast comes out on Friday, but I'm recording it on Thursday night, just got done with all kinds of great activities from Thursday's. matter of fact, a couple of interviews that I'm going to bring you this week. Live from Comic-Con, I'm going to talk to PJ Lewis, who is the Vice President of Marketing for Mattel. We'll talk Masters of the Universe, Anniversary, and a whole bunch of other stuff. Also going to talk to Dominic Moynihan, who is the voice of Moriarty in the new Moriarty The Devil's Game podcast from Audible. And oh, if you haven't listened to that show yet, if you're a Sherlock Holmes buff... It is so, so good to definitely add that one to your queue if you're an Audible subscriber. But I just want to take a couple minutes before I get into, because I'm going to talk about some of the experiences that I've had here in Comic-Con, some of the activations and things like that. But before I get into that and some of the nerd news from early in Comic-Con, I just want to talk about the initial early Comic-Con experience, because this is, of course, the first Comic-Con since the three, this is the three year absence, last Comic-Con was 2019. Think about that for a second. So this actually, if you're wondering, is it going to feel like Comic-Con, you know, COVID's still happening? We're not even going to talk about that. We're not going to get into that. But, you know, what were the crowds going to be like? What was the experience on the show floor going to be like? And I will say that there are some notable absences, like the DC booth noticeably absent. But at the same time, you had Funko, which is, whose booth was massive, you did have a presence from Hasbro. You had the same presence from Mattel that you'd be used to. But then you also had Disney Plus booths and Disney television booths. Netflix had it. Even though it, was, it wasn't a huge booth, it was a really nice booth. And they were very, just very, very well put together. And the crowds were pretty much what I'd expect. For a Wednesday and a Thursday. So it actually felt like Comic Con. And that was one of the things I was wondering about. Was Now were some things weird. Like the smaller IDW Comics booth. Dark Horse not being there. Yeah some of that stuff was weird. But once I shook that off on Wednesday. Because Wednesday was the time where I was like this is weird. I don't really know how I feel about this. And then when I went back in on Thursday. I was like you know what. It's really not that weird. It really kind of feels like Comic Con. It feels Normal. So, if you were wondering what it would be like, yeah, it was pretty normal. And I'm not going to get into you know mask policies or anything like that because obviously that was one of the differences. But everything just felt like Comic Con again, and that was a really, really nice surprise because I was I I, I'll be honest, I was a little bit worried about that. So I you know went a little longer here on the intro than usual, but hey, it's Comic Con. We're going to do that, right? So here's the deal. Up next. Going to talk about all kinds of great activations outside of the con that I went to. I'm talking about the Gray Man training program. Going to talk about Audible Beach. Going to talk about House of the Dragon, the Dragon's Den, the Dungeons and Dragons Tavern, and so much more. We'll do that next on the Down and Nerdy Podcast.
2: This is Tara Strong, and you're listening to the Down and Nerdy Podcast.
1: So if you listen to the show a lot, you know, this is normally the time where I bring you the interviews, but this time I thought I'd actually kick off the show by talking about some of the activations that they have here at Comic-Con, stuff that you could do outside of the convention. So if you're still in San Diego, you're listening to this, you want to hear about some of the stuff that's happened, or if you just want to hear about some cool stuff that I did while I was here, then this is where I want to do it. And I actually made it a point to do a lot more of these this year. I always never do enough of them. And I always kick myself for it. And I was very fortunate. Some of the wonderful people that I work with at press and PR got me into these things and had little press previews and things like that. So I want to talk about pretty much all of these things, and I was able to do quite a lot of them over the course of a couple of days. The first one I did was the Gray Man training program. And What I'm not going to do is ruin this whole thing for you. I'm not going to tell you step by step what happened. There are videos and pictures and stuff like that, at Down Nerdy 757 on Twitter and Instagram. You can go find some of that stuff, but I'm, I'm not going to ruin the whole experience for you. But basically, it takes you inside of the world of The Gray Man, the new Netflix movie, which is now streaming on Netflix, by the way, with Ryan Gosling and Chris Evans, and it's one of the tram car scenes, and it's, it's kind of an escape room sort of thing, and it's, it goes by very quickly. There's certain tasks that you need to complete, and at the end, you get a really fun... Little social media video experience. Actually, that's one of the videos that I posted. So that, that's one thing I can tell you. You get your own little action movie moment. So it was really, really cool. I, I will say it went by very quickly, but at the same time, it was a, it was really a lot of fun. I'm not gonna lie. It was it was very, very much a fun thing to do, and I'm glad that I got a chance to do it. And there was, when I was there, there was food and things like that as well. So it, again, it goes by very quickly. You get a nice little souvenir at the end of it as well. So it's one of those things you get to do with outdoors. It's really fun. It's something that you could do quickly. And it's, it was just a really neat experience, especially once you're inside. And it, this was one of those times where I actually felt like I was immersed in something. And I think that's the mark of any good activation, right? Is when you feel like you're immersed in a movie or a show or a video game, whatever the activation might happen to be about. I felt like I was in it because at a certain point I actually was in it. So the the Gray Man training program, if you get a chance to do that at Comic-Con, absolutely do that. I moved on to the House House of the Dragon, Dragon's Den experience. And this is one that I was really looking forward to. Of course, House of the Dragon going to be coming to HBO Max on August the 21st. And it is basically a ceremonial dragon dragon hatching ceremony that you go through. And part of it is you also download the House of the Dragon Dracarys AR app. And it's almost like a Pokemon Go type thing where you, where you walk around where you are and you find eggs and it's an alternate reality or, or virtual reality. Well, not virtual reality, but it's an alternate reality type thing. So it's, it's actually really, really cool. You get to name your dragon and everything, but that's after the fact. But you'll actually go through a ceremonial hatching of your dragon and and again once you step through those doors the outside you they they, they have actors and, and things that are they're playing the role of like a like a town square in king's landing or, or in westeros it's it, it, it's very neat the guards and and everybody plays their roles very very well but it's not until you step inside where you feel like okay i'm in this thing this is really really neat because you go through all these steps of hatching your dragon egg, you actually get to pick up a dragon egg again. I'm not going to spoil everything here, and there's a really cool photo op at the end. If you're a Game of Thrones fan, th- this is one that you, you you need to do. Doesn't give you a whole lot of detail on House of the Dragon per se, but I don't know that you really need to do that in an activation. So I thought it was a I thought it was a really great experience, especially once you get inside. I thought that you know the the, the actors that that were playing these these roles of 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 guard the guard, guarding the red keep is what they were doing and then you also have like a market setting outside so you know they're having to try to have a little fun with it and there's nothing wrong with that at all but uh, again this is one of those it was this is one of those things that would be worth waiting in line for for sure just because of the experience that you get to have inside especially if you're a game of thrones fan it, you really immerse yourself into this thing, and, and it was it was nice and cool in there too, by the way. So it's a great way to beat the heat, if that matters to you. So that is the Game of Thrones, excuse me, House of the Dragon, the Dragon's Den experience at Comic-Con, a wonderful one. Again, you want to see photos, video, go at down under757 on Twitter, and, Twitter and Instagram. I've got a ton of that stuff up there. So also, moving along to the next thing that I was able to do at Comic-Con, this year I actually got a chance to walk through the if you watch Ghosts on CBS, they had a pre, Pete's Friend Zone in the interactive zone near Petco Park if you're here in San Diego. And it was basically like a camp, like a summer camp type thing and there were there were tarot card readers there and the tarot cards were actually custom made designed for the show. They also had a palm reader there so I got to experience all of those things. A really cool photo op too. Uh, on a couch and I'm not going to ruin what that is either. There's like little archery there, not real archery. It's like the suction cup arrows. So that's also really really great for kids if you've got kids, bring them to that. And then you earn badges, you earn patches to get swag when you're at the experience. So uh, yeah, you're definitely going to be able to do that. And it's it's just a really really if you love the show, of course this is based on the character of Pete, and they've got some really neat swag items that you can walk away with if you know who Pete is and you know how Pete died on the show, then you can probably guess what one of the pieces of swag are. And it's if you're going to walk away with a souvenir from Comic-Con that has to do with the series Ghosts. then, yeah, that is definitely the one that you want. Of course, Season 2 going to be coming to CBS, Paramount+, Plus, streaming the show now as well. Very, very funny show. If you haven't gotten into Ghosts yet, you don't know what you're missing, so go ahead and check that out when you get a chance, and if you're in San Diego, do the Pete's Friend Zone experience at the Petco Interactive Zone for sure. Then I go over to, I was going to go to to an interview, and I actually ended up stopping by the FX American Horror Story experience, and I'm not a horror guy. You know that if you've listened to the show, but I thought, you know, it was really cool. I had somebody else with me, so I was like, let's go ahead and do this, and we're doing it during the day, so there's nothing wrong with that. I got to tell you, there were not there were a ton of photo opportunities at this thing and i was not expecting that it was really really neat how many photo ops that they had for not just american horror story but what we do in the shadows also they had mayans they had they had a photo op for Mayans where you actually get get to get on one of the bikes which i thought was really really neat so there were certainly a lot of opportunities for photos at this thing and the actors that they had in there were phenomenal there's one part and if you get to if you're in San Diego and you get to do this I'm not going to spoil it for you but there was one part with a dining room table and I I'll probably post a video of this on our on on social media. And there was a part with the dining room table and that's all I'll tell you. And that was the one that creeped me out the most. That was absolutely 100% the one that creeped me out the most and whoever designed not just the costumes but the makeup for these characters that were there was Top freaking notch. It was really, really great. They also had something for for Little Devil there as well, the brand new series that they got coming for Danny DeVito on FX as well. But still, a lot of good stuff that FX put together for this thing. And it, again, it was a nice outdoor experience. It's like in this big garden type thing. That was really, really fun to be able to do that. So the FX kind of interactive zone right near the Hilton Bayfront Hotel in San Diego, if you're here at Comic Con already definitely worth a walk through and it's one of those it's not it's not over quickly either you've got a lot of different areas that you can cover in this garden and there are a lot of very helpful people people there that are willing to take your photograph and i think that that's really really i said photograph like it's the 1950s and i'm cranking a wheel and there's like a big puff of smoke what was that about anyway they'll take your they'll take your picture with your phone And you get a really a lot of neat stuff. And I went all in on these pictures. I'm going to tell you, once I post them, you'll see that I went I went for the whole you know play acting thing. I I really just went all out with it, and I'm a little proud of myself for that. I'm going to be honest. So so that was something I wouldn't have normally done, and really really ended up enjoying was the FX experience at right near the Hilton Bayfront Hotel in San Diego. Now, finally, I rounded out my night by going to the Tavern Experience for Dungeons and Dragons honor among thieves. Now, of course, the movie not going to be out until March of 2023, and I'll talk about the trailer here coming up with Nerd News from San Diego Comic-Con here in a second. But I I will say that again, this is one that wasn't it, it wasn't long, but it wasn't quick either. And you go in there and you get to have your Dragon's Brew. You can either have alcoholic or non-alcoholic. I had non-alcoholic cuz I'm not a drinker. It was delicious, not going to lie. It was it was it was good. So I was not disappointed. In the slightest with that. So very, very cool that that they got to put that together and have a non-alcoholic option. You had to be a certain age to get in, but at the same time, it was really cool that they had that option for those of us who don't drink. So not only with Zat delicious, they had the the whole atmosphere of the tavern, and then something happens at the end that is very D&D. I'll just put it that way. So I, I will say that out of all of them, that was probably the least interactive and the least... It was immersive, don't get me wrong. But it was also the least interactive, and it seemed like it went by very, very quickly. The Dragon's Brew was delicious, don't get me wrong. But 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 I got to say, out of all the experiences I had at Comic-Con this year, this that one was probably the one where I was like, you know, maybe if I had done that one like earlier, if I had done that one first or close to first, I would have felt differently. I, I can't promise I wouldn't have. But at the same time, I I walked away going, huh, that was okay. It wasn't bad. I'm not trying to knock it or anything. But it wasn't like, wow, I really feel like I experienced something like I did with, like, Gray Man or with House of the Dragon as well. It, It was still a neat experience, don't get me wrong, but I wouldn't have put it on par with any of those so that's what i that's so far that's what i've experienced here at comic-con 2022 a lot of great stuff if you're again if you're here then the that's a, that's my opinion on some of the stuff that you can do if you've never been to comic-con before maybe this is one of those things that makes you go wow there really is a lot of stuff to do outside of the con so maybe i'll try and make it a point to do that oh i didn't want to forget they've also got audible beach there and they had these amazing sandcastles for some of their shows like Impact Winter and they also had one for Sandman there as well and I, again I'll post those pictures but it was just really really neat place you know you sit down on it's on a makeshift beach right there in the gas lamp and they've got you know places to charge your phone and things like that you sit in these beach chairs these these I think they're called Adirondack chairs if you want to google that that's kind of what they are so it was just a really neat place to kick back plus it's the one time you're going to have time to to hit the beach at Comic-Con is when you do it this way. So that the Audible Beach, I want to make sure I mentioned that as well. Because that was just a nice, and again, it's a really quick walkthrough sort of thing. It's one of those things where as you're walking by, you can check it out. And these sandcastles were, were damn impressive. I was really, really taken. And I've seen some great sandcastles in my life living near the beach myself. But I'll tell you, these were really, really impressive. So yeah, make sure you are checking out the Audible Beach while you're in Comic-Con as well. That's going to do it for my experiences at Comic-Con as far as the activations are concerned outside of the convention. Up next, speaking of Audible Beach, going to be talking to Dominic Moynihan about Moriarty the Devil's Game. I'll take you through that press room next on the Down and Nerdy Podcast. Do you like science fiction? I'm Carrie Bechet, and if you loved movies like Arrival or Interstellar, then you're going to want to check out my podcast, Hypothetical. On Hypothetical, we tell speculative sci-fi stories interwoven with real science. New episodes every Tuesday, available wherever you get podcasts.
0: This is Allison Area from DC's Peacemaker, and you're listening to Down and Nerdy.
1: Bringing the world of Sherlock Holmes to life once again. At Comic-Con, Audible actually held a cool press room. For Moriarty, The Devil's Own, which is a new podcast series that they have. And Dominic Moynihan, who you might know from Lost and a whole bunch of other shows and movies that he's been in, actually is the voice of Moriarty. If you know anything about Sherlock Holmes, you know who Moriarty is already. But maybe a little bit of a different take, so... Got to be a part of a roundtable with a bunch of other journalists. Actually, one of the first questions asked of Dominic was, you know, how did you prepare for this role of being a brilliant mathematician? And I loved his answer.
0: Oh, man. Well, I mean, that's that's a lot of acting, you know. I mean, I, I can't make sense of those equations, and I, I can't figure out. A lot of the things that he's speaking about is just stuff that I don't know. So then you just kind of lean into this thing as an actor where you try and make it work. Some of the elements of, of Moriarty's personality I can understand, but in terms of like the deep mathematical stuff, you just have to try and fake it, which is a lot about being an actor.
1: The next question is a simple one, but it's a good answer that Dominic gives. It, the, one of the journalists asked if he was a fan of Sherlock Holmes before taking on this role.
0: Uh, obviously, I, it's a weird thing with Sherlock Holmes in, in Britain, you just kind of know it. It's like Dickens' work. It's like The Artful Dodger or Oliver Twist or Hamlet or Macbeth, it's just part of the lexicon. You just know it, you know. So we all know Sherlock Holmes, we all know Watson, we all know Elementary, we all know Baker Street and, and Magnifying Glasses and stuff like that. So I, I knew of those things. The Zemeckis film, Young Sherlock Holmes, was a big thing for me when I was a kid. The special effects were extraordinary when I was a kid. I mean, obviously they date dated a little bit now, but they were incredible when I was a kid. So that was a big, a big film for me. You know, i read a lot of, kind of children's version of Sherlock Holmes at school, kind of slightly diluted versions of, of Sir Arthur Conan Doyle's work. And and then obviously with this, I mean, as an adult, I've read quite a bit of Sherlock Holmes stuff. There's a, there's a really fun Peter Cook and Dudley Moore film about Sherlock Holmes, which is interesting, right? Those guys are fascinating. They've not aged very well, those two, and they'd probably be cancelled at this point. But it's a fun film, and it's a funny film, you know. So I was aware of sherlock holmes much more than moriarty but if you know about sherlock holmes you obviously know that moriarty is his kind of arch villain and the only person that really kind of contends with him in terms of like his intelligence and staying one step ahead of him and all that kind of stuff so yeah i knew it the guy for sure
1: (laughs) in case you didn't know in moriarty the devil's game sherlock holmes is voiced by phil lamar so i had to ask dominic what it was like working with him and opposite him in that role Speaking of which, uh, Phil Lamar's amazing. Obviously, what was it like working with him and getting to play those two roles against each other?
0: Yeah, it's cool. You know, you need you need a kind of similar energy to come up against yours. If you if you've got kind of a nemesis, you know. So Phil is, you know, Phil's Sherlock is is very similar to Moriarty in the sense that they both think that they're right. They both think they're doing the right thing. They both think that they're justified in their in their actions. It was great to hear Phil's kind of surety in his performance and um, perfect English accent, which was great. And he's obviously a big Sherlock Holmes fan too. So, yeah, super fun.
1: So if you're a Sherlock Holmes fan, you know Moriarty is the villain, but in Moriarty the Devil's Game, is he? And Dominic talks about that quite hilariously here. Check it out.
0: I think that's probably the more interesting thing for me with this project is just the point of view. That's all it is. It's just the point of view, right? I mean, I'm sure... Saruman sits around in his castle and thinks man that Gandalf is like a real big bastard like why is he, why is he treating me so cruelly why, why is he single me out for special treatment how come I'm the bad guy and he's being mean to Wormtongue and Wormtongue's just trying to protect me and you know like it's just the point of view that's all it is so I think with Moriarty obviously we're leaning a little bit more towards him being the good guy in this but even if he weren't the good guy, if, if you read in the classic work of, of Arthur Conan Doyle, you can be like, okay, well, he's an intelligent guy and he's protecting his family and, or his reputation or his money, or he's trying to beat a detective at his own game. You, you can see how he can be a sympathetic character, And that's what I try to do is with all the characters that I play, I, play, I played like legitimately bad people, you know, in my career. You can never be like, okay, he's a bad guy. I play him like a bad guy. You have to find reasons to like that person, to relate to that person. That's what I did with, uh, with Moriarty. You're
1: listening to an interview with Dominic Moynihan from Comic-Con 2022, talking about Moriarty, the devil's game, which is now available on Audible. And one of the other journalists asks a really good question about, what is it about Sherlock Holmes in this world that allows this story to be told over and over and over again in different Sherlock Holmes stories even in modern times and I thought Dominic's answer was really good.
0: The two kind of major people fighting in those worlds, Sherlock and, and Moriarty, are both very compelling characters because they have elements of their personality that maybe we hope to have in terms of their intelligence, their problem-solving skills, their ability to think quickly and think outside the box. They're clearly very charismatic But then also they're deeply flawed, you know, I mean, Sherlock is a drug addict, he's an alcoholic, he's not good with women, he's not successful with the opposite sex, he's a loner, he's short on patience, in the same way that Moriarty is, I mean, you know, he obviously has his own struggles. And I think we're we're drawn to well-rounded characters, you know, like people that we can relate to, because we all feel that way, you know, we all feel like, okay. There are, there are good things about my personality that I'm happy about, and then there are other kind of shadowy elements to my personality that maybe I'm not that happy about. But that's what makes us us. No one's ultimately good. No one's ultimately evil. So when you have like an incredible writer like Doyle, who creates these characters that you can relate to because they're human, then you want to continue to like explore them and, and get into them and put them in different scenarios. Which hopefully with something like this, we can continue to. Do.
1: And when you listen to Moriarty, The Devil's Game on Audible, it really does stand-up and it is uh, no surprise that because it's from audible it's a very top-notch production and the entire voice cast is so great and it, and it takes you through so many different elements that it's it really feels like it's something that's so different and so fresh even in the world of sherlock holmes where we've gotten so many versions and adaptations of this this one definitely should be on your list moriarty the devil's game From Audible, a whole bunch of the episodes, actually the whole season if I remember correctly, is available right now on Audible. Again, thanks to the wonderful people at Audible and Dominic Moynihan for letting me get a chance to chat with him. And all the wonderful journalists at San Diego Comic Con that joined me for this roundtable to talk to Dominic Moynihan about the Devils, Moriarty, the Devils game. Up next, going to talk to PJ Lewis and we're going to talk about some Mattel. going to talk about He-Man and a lot more. That's next. I'm James Witham, and this is the Down and Nerdy Podcast. Hi,
2: I'm Melanie Scrifano. I play Winona Earp, and you're listening to the Down and Nerdy Podcast.
1: So happy to be back at San Diego Comic-Con, and I'm at a very friendly place right now, I feel like, because I'm at the Mattel booth. Talking to the Vice President of Global Operations, it's PJ Lewis. PJ, how are you today?
2: I am well. I am well. Just a quick clarification: Vice President of Global Marketing, the operations guys, Global marketing. different job. It's okay, but it is a happy place. You get the fun job. Though. Well, you could say that because I'm here at Comic Con, first time in a couple years, and really with our 12 Days of Fandom, we've brought incredible experiences, incredible moments of surprise and delight for our fans, with just great partners, and you know, just you know, fan led experience and there's a lot of joy for that so thank you thank you for being here
1: absolutely and thank you for being here as well i i I want to talk about your exclusives for a second because you've got some really amazing exclusives this year first i want to talk about what's the process like when you guys are sitting in a room deciding okay which exclusives are we going to bring to comic-con you know, the quantities as well, you got to try and figure that out. So what's the process like in going For sure deciding, like, okay, let's bring the Razor Crest. Let's bring a Mario Kart right. special. So so first,
2: I think what's cr- what, what's so crazy about all the products you see here is they were birthed at home during quarantine, wow. during pandemic, right? Wow. We weren't in a room looking at concepts. We were in a Zoom or folks were, you know, our design partners were just leading the conversation by saying, hey, this would be cool. This is something I've been thinking about. So it, it really starts with ideas that were birthed at home, which is crazy when you take a step back and think about that. But, you know, it's it's really about surprise and delight and great moments and great IPs. And, of course, Master of the Universe has come so far and to have the opportunity to celebrate 40th anniversary of the brand. We, of course, need to do something special there. But if you look at the Jurassic Outhouse Chaos set or if you look at, you know, what we're doing on Minecraft, to your, you know, you mentioned some of the Hot Wheels exclusives. You know, it's great creativity. It's great surprise and delight for fans. And we really want to provide things that fans want to put on their bookshelves or on, you know, you got to earn your space. Oh, no doubt. Right? No doubt. And whether it's bookshelves or whether it's on display, you got to earn your space. So that's really the North Star for how we think about these.
1: I like the separation, too, between the con and retail because you look at your exclusives and the Razor Crest itself that comes with the surround. You have an amazing case. For that Masters of the Universe two-pack with He-Man and Skeletor, that's just incredible. So, talk about that a little sure. bit too, and, and sure. creating those surrounds as well, because I feel like that brings the. Do you, do you try to do that to like bring the uniqueness of a con experience people right. can bring and, home? And with that's it? important.
2: And we, we've gotten really good at that through the years. You certainly and have. <laughs> we have some super talented people that know how to showcase our product in the settings that I think really help it come to life. And I get goosebumps every time when I see it because they are so good at making some of these products look amazing. Uh, We have a whole team from our design folks to our trade show folks. Everyone, you know, sort of is the best in the business and what they do here. And it's exciting. It's exciting to be part of it. It's exciting to set up yesterday and then showcase to the world what we've built. And I think that's energizing for all the Mattel employees you see here.
1: No doubt about that. I definitely want to talk about Masters of the Universe celebrating 40 years, and near and dear to my heart, I grew up a He-Man fan. Me I've too. been there since the beginning, so it's really incredible for me to see what's happening with that character right now. What was it like when you guys basically had three different lines out there at the same time? You had Revelation, you had He-Man and the Masters of the Universe, and then your classic line sure. as well. How do you balance all of that and try and get each different fandom as much as they really are demanding. Well,
2: you know, everything's got a reason for being. I think Master of the Universe Origins is a specific, you know, it's an honor to what was created in the 80s and to that line that we all grew up on and with. Mm -hmm. And it's incredible what we've done, over 50 characters. I mean, I, for one, brought home Castle Grayskull and just watched my five-year-old play with it immediately. Mm -hmm. And that was just awesome. So then cut to Masterverse or He-Man, Master of the Universe, some great entertainment from our partners at Netflix. You know, Masterverse, I think, is a modern collector line. And we have a lot of room to keep telling stories. And I have to sort of talk about our panel today in Hall H. Oh, yeah. Because we're going to talk about other stories that we're going to tell. We have some great surprises there. But we feel like we're just getting started. There's a lot more to do. And, you know, as we think about He-Man in Masters of the Universe or the Masters of the Universe world... We're going to create something for fans young and old and that's fun
1: and that's really really great. because i mean i've definitely drained my bank account on the revolution and the revelation line absolutely and I'm, I'm just thinking about now we know that revolution is coming so we've got the transition now from revelation to revolution so from your side of this perspective i'm assuming we're going to get some new stuff for revolution but you've had some great stuff for revelation so how do you find that newness when you transition from a show like Revelation to Revolution, even yeah. though that's the
2: same—it's the same show. Sure. But the
1: product was how do you sure. make that transition? Sure. I would transition?
2: say, stay tuned for more. We have a lot more to tell, a lot of great stories. I want to thank Kevin Smith and our team, Rob David, for just you know as they work together and figure out the stories they want to tell. It's a rich canvas. It really, a rich really, canvas. it
1: really, really is. And I've got to say, you guys pretty much run the gamut of the characters that were in that series of creating figures. Was there any particular figure that you guys put out that surprised you that actually did as well as it did? Even though these are such amazing characters, was there any surprise like, wow, I never expected us to sell um, that many of this character. I I think, you know,
2: more broad than that is you forget, I think, how the brand itself is obviously, you know, You know, as you think about the Masters of the Universe, the brand itself, He-Man and Skeletor have sort of transcended pop culture in such a way, you always forget how awesome I think Skeletor is as a villain, but also someone who appeals. And so that was something like, of course, I grew up with He-Man and Skeletor, the ultimate conflict, the ultimate good versus evil, and all the diabolical plans that Skeletor has. But you forget that Skeletor really reflects pop culture in such a way, and was even in a Super Bowl commercial this year, yep. right, yep. with, you know, it, it, with, with such just, like, reverence and love. So mm-hmm. I'll come back to it. It's, it's less about a character in, I think, one of the lines. It's more about how these characters have become their own brands and icons mm-hmm. themselves, which is really fun when you think about it.
1: I love the cameo in Chippendale Rescue Rangers, too. That was well, really, really good. That, that one was really, but, really you know, fun. I,
2: I, but that's it. I think that's there's something there around Skeletor, certainly around He-Man, but just how these, you know, I, I think these characters have transcended just the, the narrative mm-hmm. and become something bigger than certainly other characters within the world.
1: Something else I also grew up on and loved so much for so many years was WWE. Sure. And, and the, the, you guys have created so many amazing lines for the WWE. You've got your, like, signature collection where yeah. you've got just these amazing, all these amazing different pieces that you can put in. So... How, what was it like creating a line like that? And like the WWE Superstars line, which I saw here as well, which has a very classic look. What, what, when, what goes into creating a line like that and, so and getting I, just the right look? You know,
2: you know, I want to talk about a great partnership that we have with WWE and a really passionate, talented team. I and mean, we have true fans that always push and always think about new approaches for our WWE brand to think about what's relevant, what's on the mind of collectors, and of course, what's commercially viable. You know, you always want to bring great products that inspire our collectors to say, hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna buy into this, right? So that's interesting, and, and, and as you think about whether it's our exclusives, our multiple segments, some of the things we're doing direct to consumer on Mattel Creations and more, it's such a rich brand, and they have such incredible superstars. You know, we, we're we inspired by what they do and our, our partnership, and we're over 10 years, I think we're close to 12 years in business now, and there's still a lot we can do, so it's, it's just awesome to be part of.
1: Make sure you're following Mattel on social media, going to Mattel Creations as well to find out about all of this great stuff, not just the exclusives here at Comic-Con, that's right, but the amazing lines that they have as well, because we could talk for hours, but he's got to get out of here. It's Vice President of Global Marketing, PJ Lewis, thank you so much for your time. Hey, thank you,
2: it. and enjoy the con.
1: And it's hard not to have passion working for Mattel when you've got so many great brands to work with, and you've got so many, for lack of a better way of putting it, toys to play with, because you could, I mean, you're talking Star Wars, you're talking Marvel, you're talking He-Man, you're talking Mario. That's, just, I mean, and then that doesn't even mention the WWE stuff, that was really, really incredible at the Mattel booth and and Monster High as well. That's another one I'll throw in there. But I, I gotta say that PJ, the, the passion is clearly there for so many great things, and you could tell he was holding back on some of this He-Man stuff. He he, well, he wants to burst right out of him. So the stuff that's coming for He-Man. I think is going to be really, really incredible down the line. So make sure you're going to Mattel Creations. If you want to try and snag some of these exclusives, you still can from Comic-Con 2022. So it's not quite too late for some of them yet. And just be on the lookout for so many great things from Mattel in the future. Again, thanks to the folks at Mattel and to PJ Lewis as well for taking the time to speak to me at Comic-Con. Up next, let's deal with some of the early nerd news They came out of the con that's next on the down and nerdy podcast
0: this is matt ryan from constantine city of demons and you are listening to the down and nerdy podcast
1: just because it's early comic con doesn't mean there isn't time for nerd news and yeah let's do the trailers actually because there are a few trailers to talk about i can't not start with dungeons and dragons honor among thieves which is going to be coming on in march of 2023 from paramount pictures we really didn't know hardly anything about this Dungeons and Dragons movie until they released this trailer. Now, basically the gist of it is you've got Chris Pine, who leads this band of, I guess they're merry thieves. You could call them merry. Michelle Rodriguez, part of the gang. And then you've got Roger Jean Page and Justice Smith who are there as well. Sophia Lillis is part of the cast. Chloe Coleman, Daisy Head, and Hugh Grant, all part of the cast. Basically the gist of this thing is that they're thieves and some, and in this particular instance, just like they said in the trailer, they stole, stole the wrong thing for the wrong person. They unleashed this huge evil, and now they're going to try and make it right, is basically where it is. So you look at the trailer, and there, I love the fact that there's a shapeshifter in this thing. Didn't expect there to be a shapeshifter, but yet here we are, because this is the world of Dungeons and & Dragons, and anything goes. But it looks like what they're going to do is they're going to lean into a lot of action, they're going to lean into a lot of creatures and special effects and things like that, which, again, nothing wrong with that at all. Going to lean into the, a lot of action and a lot of humor. And I'm going to be curious to see how that humor plays off with fans, like classic Dungeons & Dragons fans, because there can be humor in d and obviously, but obviously this also cannot resemble a d and campaign that you might be a part of, right? At least not, not a tra- in a traditional sense. Anyway, so I would say that this is got the D&D name on it. Does it feel like Dungeons & Dragons? A little bit to certain respects. Yes, it does, especially since you've got a team here and things like that. And it, obviously there's a great evil that you need to defeat. So there are definitely elements there that do feel like Dungeons & Dragons. So I wouldn't say this doesn't feel like D&D at all. But what this does seem like is a very cool you know fantasy type movie with a lot of moving parts a lot of great action and a lot of you know interesting creatures so what's wrong with that that's my that's my argument what on earth is wrong with that and and the answer to that to me is nothing so I gotta tell you I was impressed with this first trailer I like this cast anyway so maybe I'm a little biased and I maybe I'm letting it show just a little bit but why not I mean that, that that's my that's my answer for this whole movie at this point is why not? Why not do this? And just go into it in a pro- and approach it in a fun way. That's the thing that you, you kind of got to do in this situation. Approach it in a fun way. Don't expect to be, you know, rolling dice left and right. And I think you're going to be fine because I, this this looks like a fun movie. Again, one trailer. There's not really, you know, a, you can't, you know, base things on one trailer. I'm the guy that tells you that all the time. But at the same time, I think it's also a good reason to feel like you've got something to look forward to, and that's exactly how I feel about Dungeons & Dragons Honor Among Thieves, and you know what? Let's just see what happens with this one, shall we? I also want to talk about the trailer for Vampire Academy, which is the new series coming to Peacock on Thursday, September the 15th. I actually get a chance to talk to the cast, but that'll be later on in September when I I air those interviews, because I want to make sure it gets closer to the premiere. But yes, this is the adaptation of the popular of the popular young adult book, which is now a young adult series, and basically what you have here is a va- is vampire royalty named Lissa, and she suddenly got thrown with a ton of responsibility, and like the fate of her people and the pe- and, and other people in in where, where they are, kind of depends on her taking the reins. You know, young or not, she's in this she's in this school. She she not only is she a royal. But she's in the school with with other vampires and half vampires, and there's they, they, they everything will be explained. That much is what I can tell you. And you see her friend Rose there as well, supporting her and protecting her. But Rose, you know, can Rose protect her on her own? And that's where Dimitri comes in. You see that budding relationship in the trailer as well. But what you see is a lot of relationship type stuff, a lot of uh, moving parts. In this series as well, a lot of politics, a lot of royal potential backstabbing, and a lot of magic. This show has everything. And as a vampire series, that's already, and I love the fact that we're getting more vampire series now, but as a vampire series, young adult or not, this one's got my attention big time. Vampire Academy coming to Peacock on September the 15th. You're definitely going to want to add this one to your list for sure. I also want to talk about the featurette that they released for National Treasure. National Treasure: Edge of History. That show going to be coming to Disney Plus on streaming soon. We don't have a release date for that yet. We did find out at the panel and in the featurette that Harvey Keitel is going to be reprising his role in the series as well. You might have remembered him from an FBI agent in the National Treasure movies. Now this is actually set 17 years after National Treasure, so it's in the world. It's not a reboot. And I think that's something that's very, very important to point out. But you see this group that they're put together and led by Jess, who is a dreamer. And you, you sort of have this Pan-American treasure hunt adventuring. Can we talk about blonde-haired Catherine Zeta-Jones? Can we talk about that for a second? Because you recognized her, but you didn't recognize her sort of thing, right? And she's – it's almost like the that's who you're racing against to get your treasure, Jess, and family right there. There's your obstacle. And again, it just looks like it just looks like they're having a blast. First of all, and they certainly seem to have a great appreciation for the movies. And if you just the little bit, you get from the featurette, it feels like national treasure. And that's one of the things I love about it the most. And again, you can't really get a ton from just one little bit, the little bits and pieces that you get in the trailer. But it looks like this is going to be really fun, young cast, and just breathe new life into the National Treasure franchise that I love so much. I can't wait for this. It's actually going to be called National Treasure Edge of History, which will be coming soon to Disney+. Now let's talk about a couple of news items that dropped during some of these panels as well. One of the biggest ones, I think, is William Shatner walking out during the Mattel panel to surprise everyone. Kevin Smith there, of course, talking about 40th anniversary of Masters of the Universe. And we find out that William Shatner himself is going to be joining the cast of Masters of the Universe, Revolution, which is going to be coming to Netflix, of course, the continuation from Revelation. They didn't say who he was going to play. But, of course, you know, this this is another big get for Kevin Smith and Netflix and Mattel. So now you're basically going to have, assuming he reprises his role, and we don't know that that's confirmed yet, Mark Hamill and William Shatner in the same cast. And I don't know if that's ever happened. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't know if that's ever happened. And could you imagine if Shatner ends up playing like a family member of Skeletors or something like that? Or maybe a foil of Skeletor? I think that would be really, really neat. I don't know where this is going to go or who he's going to play. But I think that would be super, super cool. And again, it's just another big name added to the Masters of the Universe cast. And anytime you can get William Shatner to lend his voice to anything, that's a big deal. And William Shatner doesn't do a ton of these either. So this is a huge get and and definitely a big surprise that they were able to keep under wraps. Now, again, I don't know how long it's going to be before we find out who he's playing because I think this show is pretty long way from coming out. But this news will come out eventually, and it's going to be huge when it does. The Teen Wolf movie panel that happened here at Comic-Con revealed some interesting news as well. Deadline actually broke this during the day that Sarah Michelle Geller is going to be t- going to be starring in the new Teen Wolf spin-off that's going to be coming based on the of course the popular series and now it's going to be a movie. The show's going to be called Wolfpack. Now we already knew that, but now we know that Geller's going to play Kristen Ramsey. She's an arson expert. She's brought in to question a teen who started a wildfire that may have reawakened a supernatural predator in Los Angeles. This just sounds Buffyish, doesn't it? And I, I, I get, I get it, because it's Sarah Michelle Gellar. That's automatically where your brain's gonna go. But it really sounds that way. But making her an arson expert, so is she gonna be like a fun character? Is she gonna be like more gritty sort of thing? Because I could see gritty from this, and I think that could be really, really fun and be really surprising as well. I wouldn't expect that. From Sarah Michelle Gellar, so again, this is Teen Wolf, so I don't know how gritty you're going to really get, but it'd be nice to see her get out of her comfort zone a little, a little bit like that. But you know, fans of Buffy, I think are going to flock to this show because of a Sarah Michelle Gellar, but also b the vibe is there, and that is all you need to draw fans in sometimes. So yeah, I think that this one has a chance to be really, really cool. Not sure how well it's going to go until we start really getting into things and finding out more about it and seeing trailers and things like that. But the fact that they're expanding the Teen Wolf world, I think is very, very cool and certainly something that they don't want to let go. So this was definitely one of the bigger pieces of news, I think, to come out of the early days of Comic-Con. Really quickly, I want to mention a few other things. Resident Alien... Has been renewed for a third season by Sci Fi, so that's exciting news for fans as we get ready for the second half of season two coming up here soon. Amazon is all in, Prime Video all in for Wheel of Time. They've already renewed that for a third season before the second season is even anywhere close to coming out. We also found out that Solar Opposites, Hulu's going to be giving Solar Opposites a Halloween special, and it's going to be called a Sinister Halloween Scary Opposites Solar Special. And if you're a Solar Opposites fan, that is going to be really, really fun to watch those characters in a Halloween episode. And of course, we've got, you know, they've got the new season already streaming on Hulu that came out a couple of weeks ago. So that's that's really the the bigger news that's come out of the early days of Comic Con. My full recap of all the news, trailers, and everything that breaks during Comic Con going to be coming. On next week's show, but make sure you're following at Down and Nerdy 757 on Twitter and Instagram, at Down and Nerdy on Facebook as well. Until then, to get some of that stuff a little bit earlier, you're also going to want to go to Down and Subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts, too, because you don't want to miss the full recap of Comic Con 2022 that's going to be coming up on next week's show. I also want to thank PJ Lewis for joining me this week to talk about Mattel. Also, Dominic Moynihan for talking about Audible's Moriarty the Devil's Game, which, of course, you can get right now on Audible. If you're an Audible subscriber, you're going to want to get in on that one for sure. But I'm so happy to be back in San Diego. wouldn't be possible without you. Thank you so much for supporting the show, as you always do. And remember, you never have to apologize for being a nerd, so let your fan flag fly